Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Mike Sakopoulos and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership. We all know a family member, friend, or a patient that is self-diagnosed with help from Google. Although some clinicians roll their eyes when a patient produces reams of printout on a medical condition, the internet has opened doors to health education. We know that more engaged, informed patients have better outcomes. One of the top sources for health information for the general public is WebMD. Join me for a behind the scenes tour of WebMD, next on Sound Practice. My guest today is John White. Dr. White is a practicing physician. He has worked at the FDA and was chief medical officer and vice president of health and medical education for the Discovery Channel. Currently, Dr. White is the chief medical officer at WebMD. John White, welcome to Sound Practice. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be with you. It's my absolute pleasure. Dr. White, as, as you know, this is the, the podcast for the American Association for Physician Leadership. Uh, could you describe your path as a physician leader? Sure. And, and what I love about this podcast is it's very different today than we would have done 20 years ago, whereas every one that graduated medical school basically was a, a full-time clinician for the most part. And now we've seen that you can do other things as well as keep your identity as a physician. And that's what I've done in terms of my career. If you had asked uh, my younger self, I would have said I'd be a, a surgeon. Well, I'm not, I'm not a surgeon. I'm an internist. Um, and you know, my path has been one that I really have been interested in the patient in front of me, but also populations of patients. So that's where I've been interested in health communication. That's where I've been interested in health policy, in going in and out of government. But as we talked about before we came on, I've always have seen patients. I've always maintained that clinical hand. And I'll tell you that that's by design. It takes a lot of work to schedule it. You have to declare that up front when you're taking a new position and everyone has embraced it because I, I think by continuing to be involved in the clinical enterprise while being involved in a business aspect or a policy aspect improves all of the functions that one does. Fabulous. Well, I'm generally familiar with WebMD. Could you give me an overview of the scope and reach of WebMD? Sure. So WebMD is a, um, a bunch of really multiple companies in the sense that WebMD uh, is the consumer brand where everyone knows 75 million unique visitors come to the website every month searching for health information. There's also, as many of your audience members will know, Medscape, which is the physician portal. We have 7 million users globally, nearly a million physicians in the United States use it. That can be things for continuing medical education, as well as really just trying to learn what's best clinical practice. And then we also have something called WebMD Health Services, where we do a lot with health systems, employers, insurers, where a lot of health coaching for patients to, to help them in that diabetes journey, that overweight and obesity journey, 
Um, so it, it's more than just the, the website that people know as WebMD. We have multiple components to it. What are the popular topics um, with WebMD? I, I, were you ever surprised by a topic becoming popular that you didn't think maybe would be? If we put anything about feet on the website or in our newsletters, things about the feet always do well. You put an article about sandals, how they can be bad for your feet. It's going to be one of the top uh, pieces of content for the month. Uh, that's always been very popular. The eyes are always very popular. People are particularly focused on their vision. Uh, so those are the unusual ones. The, the common ones I'm not surprised by, people search a great deal about cancer. They search diabetes, heart disease, the, the, the ailments that afflict many people. Um, but, but the feed is what surprised me. I will say that that is surprising. Um, and as a trained attorney, I, I know not to ask a question that, that I'm uh, I, I don't know the answer. So I am going to abandon this line of questioning immediately, Dr. White, and we're going to move on, move away from it, the it feet. It makes it more fun. If you don't <laughs> we're going to move away from the feet. But in, in preparation for this, this uh, interview, I read uh, WebMD's editorial policy, which reads in part, our mission is to bring you the most objective, trustworthy, and accurate health information. Um, and it seems to me this isn't always easy to do when dealing with new information. How do you separate fringe from cutting edge? And, and I'll tell you, we talk a lot about social determinants of health. We certainly have learned much more about that during the pandemic. But information is a social determinant of health. And that is critically important. And I'm proud of the work that we've done, particularly during the COVID pandemic. And, and people may not realize this, but every piece of content, I'm very proud of this. Uh, you know, that's why I'm saying it so boldly. Every piece of content on WebMD is reviewed by a board certified expert. And if you look closely at the bottom of the page that you're reviewing, you will see who reviewed it. You can hyperlink to them to see what their area of expertise is, and it will show you the date. And the date is very important, especially as we learn about new information. A lot of places don't do that because we've learned over the years as well that better information is going to lead to better health. The way that we search is very different today than it was even five years ago. And, and you know, a lot of my physician friends will joke with me and they'll be like, oh, you know, I see so many patients that went to WebMD first and then then come to me. And, you know, most of it is ribbing because uh, our symptom checker is very good. It's powered by AI, continues to evolve. Everything is not cancer when you come to WebMD. But we don't try to replace uh, the visit to the physician. What we really try to do is empower the patient with the right information, maybe the right questions to ask, how to know when something is serious that requires a more urgent visit versus one that can be a more routine visit. And that takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time and review, but we always stay focused on what's the best information that we have today, looking at credible sources, credible experts. And, and the problem nowadays is that every influencer that has a million followers on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, that doesn't make them an expert. And all too often, people feel that's the case. 
and, and it can get very frustrating. If I asked you, so maybe I'll turn around, would you, do you listen to any financial advice that you read on a blog or you're going to go to the financial expert that has the most followers on TikTok? You'd be like, no way. That's too important. I got to check who's telling me the information. I got to look around and see if I hear that anywhere else. I need to corroborate that. Well, our health, I could argue, is more important than our finances. And yet sometimes with our health, we're more liberal in terms of, hey, my friend told me I should try this. And and we should have the same prism in terms of how we look at our finances as how we look at our health. That's a that's a, a great, great, great point. You started, I think, maybe to allude to this a little bit, but in, in recent years, we've seen certain medical topics take on a political dimension. And I mean, I'm sure everybody following along is going to instantly think of vaccines or gender affirming surgery, abortion, uh, all trigger partisan reactions in our, our country right now. How is chief medical officer of a site that uh, for the for the general public, do you deal with this? I mean, this comes up in our editorial conversations all the time. Often we have to remove the ability to comment on some posts that we do that um, generate a lot of negative comments in terms of misinformation. But it still goes back to everything that you talked about in terms of vaccines, in terms of gender affirming surgery, in terms of abortion, have a scientific medical rationale behind them. And that's what we focus on. We are apolitical. We're not taking a particular position on the role of government in these elements, but talking about the science behind all of the issues that that you just mentioned and, and focusing on the data that we have. You know, state legislatures are taking on a more active role in controlling the the practice of medicine. From what questions may not be asked in a pediatric exam room to what procedures may not be performed in an OR, um, physicians' authorities being somewhat uh, limited in in many states. Does this impact the public's trust in the medical profession? Absolutely. And to be fair, as you know, medicine, physicians, pharmacists, nurses, we're all licensed by our state boards. So I worked at the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. People don't recognize the fact that the FDA doesn't regulate physicians. FDA regulates sponsors, manufacturers of drugs. Um, But the states are what determine the practice of medicine. And in some ways, that's how it should be based on data and evidence and and peers. And that's what we have in state boards of medicine. So, you know, I don't know a lot about engineering. I don't know a lot about aerospace. So I try to stay out of those areas because I don't know about them. And what's frustrating is that when we have some folks that are opining about the role of physicians and pharmacists and nurses and what they can and cannot do, 
is very problematic. It should be the profession that should determine that, and less so about folks that really aren't familiar with the practice of medicine. I don't know the practice of law, so I shouldn't be giving advice as to how people should practice law. And maybe people that don't practice medicine shouldn't be giving so much advice about what we can and cannot do. Here, here. Uh, Dr. White, um, unfortunately, there are discrepancies in medical care and treatment based upon socioeconomics in, in this country and, and others. Does WebMD address these discrepancies? And if so, how? And you do not know this, but I've been passionate about the topic of disparities for more than 20 years, that we can receive different level of care based on our sex, our race, our ethnicity. And I wrote an editorial a long time ago that others have run something similar. Our zip code matters more than our genetic code. I live in the Washington, D.C. area that I've talked about. And within five miles of the Capitol Dome, the most powerful city in the world, we can have these tremendous differences in longevity based on where people are on the metro line, which is largely determined by the color of their skin. And that is very problematic. And even when we make progress, all ships don't rise equally. So we still have these disparities that persist. And the COVID pandemic taught us that. So one thing that I've been very focused on during my time at WebMD is the chief medical officer, is that we have a diversity of images, right? So we're a website, we're a platform. So I need to see people that look like America and the world and the profession. So I talked about that. I want to see people of color that are physicians, that are nurses and pharmacists. I don't want them to always be the patient. I want to see a wide range of that. I want us to talk about, and we have done this, about the difference in the presentation of certain diseases based on the color of one's skin, particularly in terms of dermatology, skin disease, psoriasis, eczema. We know they can present differently. And traditionally, we've learned on pictures of Caucasians. You know, I've been very big on focusing on how women receive different care when they present in the ER, when they present with uh, chest pain. So how do we address that, particularly on our Medski? brand as well. And we created a whole pillar relating to addressing issues of disparity and focusing on health equity. So it's a topic I'm profoundly passionate about in terms of the changes that we need to continue to make. We saw today in the news, it happens every week about differences in terms of maternal mortality based on race and ethnicity. So there's a lot we need to do. And I'm very proud of the work that we're doing and continue to be doing in terms of addressing this, in terms of addressing images, but also the content of what we're covering and, and addressing it in terms of the diagnosis and the management of disease and recognizing how it can present differently. Well, it, it seems like you have a platform to do tremendous amount of good. Um, clearly, healthcare is expensive for, for all Americans, and to have a source like WebMD for the general public. Um, this is under the category of commentary, Dr. White, but thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Because I think that you're doing it, you are doing important work. You mentioned earlier WebMD and, and Medscape are, are owned by the, the same parent company or part of the overall entity. 
Do you have much interaction with the Medscape side of the house? All the time. Um, really helping to think about what's our editorial direction? What are the topics that we should be addressing? Um, what are the ways that physicians and others like to learn? You know, how do we cover national meetings? You know, it's interesting. When I first came to WebMD, I only wanted to focus on consumers because I thought, well, you can't really do both. And I'd worked on a lot of physician issues at times at Discovery Channel, but I've now been there five years. And it was really during the pandemic that I was also focused on, we have to address physician education on this as well. So really I have gotten to know my, my colleagues on the Medscape side as well. So um, that's been something I've been very interested in as well. In some ways I have to silo my brain off at different times. You know, I'm working on consumer issues, now I'm working on uh, physician issues, uh, but it's really more of a continuum and, and then focusing on where you're gonna um, devote your, uh, your efforts. Is it difficult to know at what level to pitch content to the uh, general public? Obviously, medicine is um, uh, an involved in complex topic, and you have a lay public. Is it difficult to to get it at the right level for folks? The good news, in a way, is that we have really these real-time metrics that you don't have in some other um businesses, right? So I can create a web, I can create a video interview or, or an animation. I can think this is great. People are going to love it. We could have talked about it and I post it on the site and I promote it on social and, and I can be looking at results on an hourly basis. You have to train yourself not to do that. <laughs> Look at it every few hours and in a period of days, I really will have a good sense Honestly, within the first 24 to 48 hours nowadays, I'll know, is this going to be successful or not? And, and that's the thing. And that's also something that I learned over time. You know, many times we think we'll build something and people will come. We'll create, you know, a terrific website and people are just going to consume it. And there's lots of reasons why people come to a site or not. But you can look at the metrics and you need to be guided by data. And that's something I learned as a physician guide your decisions by data. So if something's not working and you see that because there's not views or people only watching 10 seconds of it and then tuning it out or they're not sharing or engaging, you know that you need to find another strategy to, to get that information out there. And, and that's what good platforms do. They continue to iterate. I understand that you created through LinkedIn Learning a course that is entitled Think Like a doctor. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, you might like this because they have a course called Think Like a Lawyer, and it has done very well. So <laughs> they approached me about doing this course to think like a doctor. And, and at first I was like, oh, I want to talk about diabetes. I want to talk about cancer. I want to talk about heart disease. They're like, no, no, no. LinkedIn's not the platform for that. And they're right because it's about your profession. It's about getting the right skill sets to succeed in business. So I learned even from that. But then it really was a discussion working with the team at LinkedIn, as well as my colleagues at WebMD and Medscape. What do I do as a physician in terms of that decision-making process that can help other leaders improve their skills? 
that are not in the profession of medicine. And that was really fun to work on with the folks at LinkedIn to, to kind of bring it to the level of everything isn't the emergency room setting that we see on TV, but there, there are some principles that um, are easily generalizable to, to other professions. Interesting. So WebMD Care helps patients find medical providers by specialty and geographic location. Uh, there are even uh, WebMD uh, patient choice awards. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how all this, uh, this uh, service works for the general public? You know, that's been going on now for a few years, and that's really the iteration of search. You know, five years ago, people would search a piece of content, joint pain, muscle aches, high cholesterol, and they print it all out. I still remember this and bring it to the doctor and say, tell me what to do. And then, you know, you put it to the side and do what you want. Now, people search content, but they want to connect that to care and they want to do that now. So why should I wait? six weeks for a doctor's appointment? Why should I wait six months, which it is in some places for a dermatology appointment? Whereas if I could be connected now to someone, right, perhaps through a telemedicine visit, or I could get help identifying who's close to me in my geographic area that I might be able to see and read the reviews and learn more about them, then that's helpful. So I'm very excited about these tools really helping empower patients to make that connection of content to care because that's where we've moved over the last three years, particularly you know during the pandemic. Absolutely, Doctor White is is our time together comes to an end. I'm interested in what's next for you and WebMD. What what can we expect in the future? I think we'll continue to iterate our brand uh, more than just an online platform. I've been very interested in how do we create more thought leadership around important health topics? How do we be a convener of different perspectives and promote discussion around important public health topics as well as medical topics? How do we manage certain diseases? How do we focus more on prevention you know, there's been a lot of talk about we're really a sick care system and not a well care system. So how do we get people more interested in prevention? There's so much excitement going on right now in, in health and medicine. I'm particularly interested in, in how we use digital tools and artificial intelligence. And I think you'll hear more about that and how we truly personalize medicine because we can do that now. Everyone is collecting their own data through wearables and sensors and trackers. How do we use that to provide you better care? That's the real excitement. If we had more time, I'd talk to you about the smart toilet and the urine test that we can do at home. That's the, the bathroom is the future doctor's office. That, that's what we're going to be talking about and that you'll be hearing. Excellent. We'll, we'll leave that as a teaser. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Dr. John White, thank you for your, your time. And uh, thank you for all your good work that you do at at WebMD. This has been very interesting. Thank you, sir. I've enjoyed our discussion. My thanks to John White. 
Dr. White and his colleagues at WebMD perform an important service by providing quality health information to our fellow citizens. My thanks also to the American Association for Physician Leadership for making this podcast possible. Please join me next time on Sound Practice. We release a new episode every other Wednesday. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org. Had his holy cow, but man Robin went for kapow.